This is episode 348, the CDO wrap-up episode, where I will be joined by Steve Greenblatt from Control Concepts and Heather Sidorowitz from Southtown AV, where we're going to get their uh, thoughts and experiences from the CDO show. We will talk about Cedia co-locating a commercial show next year in Denver, along with the Cedia Expo, and also a company called Nice and their rebranding of many tried and valued names under their umbrella. More will be happening on the show. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. 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 Is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 348, the Cedia Expo Wrap Up. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Chief, the global leader in commercial AV mounting solutions. This is Resi Week. And as you can tell, this is not Matt Scott again. This is Uncle Richie. Uncle Rich here, uh, actually, the post Cedia show. And as luck would have it, I am super fortunate to have two amazing people who are at the show who uh, are going to be bringing us scintillating news and opinions about the residential market and all of our verticals. Uh, I'm going to start off with someone who I haven't seen in, in a while, but I'm glad to see her shining face as she is part of the, uh, I think, the S, uh, the UB, University of Buffalo 46, which I'll let her talk about that in a moment. But uh, first off, our first guest is Heather Sidorowitz. Heather is the uh, owner and president of Southtown AV in Buffalo. Heather, great to see you. It is great to see you too. You are one of the hugs I did not get over at CDA, so you were not there, were you? Not this year. This was a, uh, this was the first time in 10 years. There was a non, it was, there was no Uncle Richie sightings, so. Can we um, have an intro to this podcast that goes, guess who's back? (laughs) (laughs) Richie's back. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, uh, I did have the fortune of uh, seeing many of these people in uh, Barcelona and then also in Vegas for Infocom, but uh, CDA was just not in the cards for me this year, but that'll change. And next, uh, a very special guest who I always love seeing his face and happens to be my partner in one of our other shows, uh, Mr. Steve Greenblatt, the founder and president of Control Concepts. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to give you control over the podcast. So go for it. I know it's going to be great. Well, this time I get to lead, lead it, right? So so this is the best part. I get to hear you talk this time. So I, as as Tim always likes to say, the less... I am heard the better. It's the mark of a good show. So I'm going to kick this right off. Um, we were talking about Cedia, and uh, this is the first show back in a large scale, given that there was a small virus that has affected our uh, convention going travels the past few years. Heather, I'm going to go ahead and kick this off to you first. You had the opportunity to be back. I know it was a whirlwind trip for you. Um, 36 hours from Buffalo to Dallas and back again. So, so tell me one, why you went back Two, how you felt when you got back and then three, what you came away from as you were leaving. Perfect. Yeah. So um, why did I go back? First and foremost, um, it was the people, Um, you know, I think that some of the new things that came out we've seen or heard of, um, 
but you just can't get that connection with people um, virtually. It, I mean, I try to do it virtually for a living, but um, it's just better. I, I was saying right before this podcast that I had more hugs in the first two hours of being on that show floor than I've had in the last two years. And that felt amazing. Um, the energy at the show was, you could feel it as soon as you walked in. People were excited to be there. I heard from multiple, um, both vendors and just people on the show floor that, that while it may not have been as big as some of the years past, it was good people that were there. So the people that were there were there for a good reason and they were asking the right questions. Um, so it's a good audience, it seemed, for, for the distributors, for the vendors, and for the people who went to find out what they need to find out. Uh, what was my third question? I forgot. Well, you had to head out of town. Like you said, you, went, you were out of there pretty quickly. But overall on the show, I mean, the manufacturers, I mean, I, this is, you, you, you just mentioned, is that this was things that people had seen before, but there were still new products. There were still new partnerships. You know, what did you see? Yeah. Yeah, Crushman was back in, in full form, that huge booth that they used to have. So that was kind of exciting. And I think it gave me a nostalgia for the way it used to be seen. Those booths up front, um, Sony, Samsung, um, Crestron, all there in force was was excellent. Um, for, as for some cool things to see, low voltage lighting, I think, is kind of taking that next step. So while it's existed for a while and you could get it, uh, we're not seeing major manufacturers that are normal ways of purchasing had it. So Crestron introduced actually some um, some some lights themselves, not just a way to control it, um, as did Snap AV, which was interesting too. So Snap did an outdoor speaker slash light, and it's the beginning of what I think could be the next wave, next level. I think that we underestimate when you can make something easy to purchase and someone that you already have a relationship, how much easier it is to buy and put that through your business than picking up additional lines. Well, and the outdoor audio space has changed from, I mean, I remember my very first entries were dealing with, uh, we got excited when we had rocks that looked like speakers. Oh, yeah. I remember those days and they were ugly. And they were horrible looking. But we thought they were amazing. Yeah. And they sounded like this the entire time. And it was in the outside. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, the Bollard speaker, obviously people are showing them off and, you know, there are these wonderful totems and they're gorgeous, but yes, they're dark. <laughs> and so, uh, that is one of the things that, uh, speaking to them was, was, was about that. What, what was something that you were excited, like that you couldn't wait to tell everybody in the office about and, and also your clients? Um, I think one of the neat things that we're starting to see, um, is video walls as main displays for theaters. Um, I'm not quite... We're, we're not so focused on that market, but I think it is really neat to see that next iteration of the theater um, from projectors only to a larger the screens got in smaller theaters, you could do that. And now to see video walls as the price starts to come down, um, or at least a little bit, um, like Quantum had a really cool video display. Did you see that, Steve? The Quantum demo with Wisdom Audio? That was a lot of fun. So to see that in some instances was a really neat new take on, on the theater. Well, great. I know that, I mean, obviously Samsung, the wall was one of the big splashes mm -hmm. out there, but I know that Sony, who you have a relationship with, their crystal LED, and Steve and I had had the, the fortune of seeing them a couple of times in other venues, um, but it's coming through. So since uh, Heather had kicked something off to Steve for his opinion, I'm going to jump right in with you, Steve. So again, you know, you know, one of the things that is great is that 
you know, Heather started from the Resi side and is moving into the Resi Marshall and the commercial side, and that's a growing segment. You started in the commercial side, and now you're also finding the value in working with integrated partners. And you have a very interesting business model, and we'll get to that in a sec. Um, but Resi is becoming a, a now one of your sandboxes that you play in and your opportunity to be there. I mean, normally we get the chance to see one another. It's few and far between the times. This is one of the times that we miss each other. But, uh, you know, let, let's just say for somebody who is coming from the commercial side, uh, who's a little bit more commercial focused, what was your reason for being there? Obviously, you know, besides seeing clients and trying to get clients, but why should uh, commercial people be interested in, and, and, and at least uh, paying attention to a resi focus show like CBR? For, for us, the, you know, it was specifically because we work with manufacturers on both sides because we're specialized in API integration, doing modules, drivers, plugins, so forth. So, so really the market is less of a factor and we have, we support control platforms in each. So we did need to be at, at, Cedia uh, because there are certain control platforms that really are prominent on the residential side and certain ones that are prominent on the commercial side. But if I close my eyes and, and thought about the show and, and the experience that I had, I wouldn't even be able to tell you that I was so much at a residential show. I just felt like I was at an AV-related trade show. And because I think that there's so much more blend, I, I think there's a perception that Cedia is is more consumer based and it's not as much as maybe it used to be we don't, we don't don't see direct tv and and dish network and those types of of vendors as much as we used to i mean we had a little bit of ring or nest but but it it's not something where you're getting gizmos and gadgets so much that as people might envision when they think about CES. So I, I really thought that there was a lot of overlap. And I think for somebody on the commercial side, it is a good thing to be on the residential, uh, looking at it through a residential lens for two reasons. One, because they may find some solutions to client needs that they have that they might not have experienced before because they may see a different side of a product line from the same manufacturer, or they may be able to look at different manufacturers that real that they can't afford to be at both a commercial and residential show. And then lastly, which I'm a big believer in, it's as important to understand where how technology is being used in a personal life as well as in a business life. And and there there's certainly it certainly comes into play when we're trying to uh, approach some of our clients, no matter which side of the coin you feel more comfortable. Steve, did you notice too that the, the, the design thread continued to grow this year? So you had Kohler, Hunter Douglas, um, and I love that the aesthetics are playing in on, on the residential side. And I think that will continue, that importance will continue on the commercial side as well. Yeah, I, th I think that those, we wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of those in certain commercial projects, especially where we have that resi-mercial flair. Well, you bring up an interesting point, Heather, that I'm going to just jump on real quick when we were, you're, measure, you're mentioning the design elements. Um, a lot of people still don't make the correlation between Cedia, the organization, and Cedia Expo, the show. Cedia Expo, the show, was sold to Emerald Exposition several years ago. And this was really the first time that Emerald has had the opportunity to kind of allow it to be their show. 
you're obviously very involved with CEDIA, the organization itself. I've had the luxury of talking to Dale Freeman, the new CEO of CEDIA, and interviewed him a couple of times. And I know he was excited about getting a chance to see the membership. How did it feel for you, or did you even notice kind of the difference in terms of not only as a member of CEDIA, but a volunteer with CEDIA and, and, and working with CEDIA? How did it feel in terms of those coming together? Did it feel like there was a difference or is it just felt like, you know, the CDS show is normal? I think for the average bear, I don't think they would have noticed any difference whatsoever. Like someone who didn't pay attention to the idiosyncrasies of all of that. I really don't think that they would have noticed a difference. I mean, for me, it's just people difference. So I see some different people, different faces, but that happens everywhere. You know, our, our industry changes and grows and, sometimes, you know, a little inward. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't think it felt different to the average bear. I think that it still felt like that kind of same feeling, um, kind of like, a, I always call it like a high school graduation where you actually like the people you went with. There's a reason why I asked that question, because I'm going to lead right into the next article, actually the first article. Um, and actually Steve brought this up last week, which this came to us from Commercial Integrator. Commercial Integrator uh, uh, reported that Expo, run by Emerald Expositions, next year is going to co-locate a show with the CDA Residential Show. Emerald, owner of CD Expo, has announced the launch of the Commercial Integrator Expo, which will co-locate with CDA Expo 2023 in Denver next year. The event will bring together commercial AV products and education with the residential focus of CDA Expo. Uh, the announcement was made by Emerald's Group Vice President, Jason McGraw, in an official outreach to the industry. So, Commercial and Resi, Resi Mercial, uh, you know, Resi uh, Commercial, Commercial Dental, Commerdential, however we want to call it. Um, Steve, again, uh, what do you think? So I actually got a chance to talk with Dan Farisi, who's the editor of Commercial Integrator for some time about this because he was real excited about it. And we got to talk about what, where, what is the value proposition of this event and why are they doing it and what are they looking for? And aside from the fact that they're looking to play on the fact that there's a, they draw the parallels between the commercial and residential and try to bring more people to look at both of sides of the industry, he really feels like there's going to be a lot of business content, which I think is really cool. I really like that idea. And I like the fact that he, he wants to really bring uh, a, some learning, making it into a conference as well as a trade show. And and I really think that there could be a lot of value there. I know CEDIA is big on education and I know that business uh, training is a part of that. I, I was for a short time involved in a working group uh, that that focused on the, the business content for CEDIA. And, and I, I know that Commercial Integrator also is very much looking to help integrators improve their businesses. So I think, you know, and for me, that's been a focus for at least the last 10 years of my business to really look at improving myself as a business person, as well as a technologist. So I'm real excited about that. And I'm excited to be a part of it. I think, uh, I think it's going to have a lot of value. I, I do um, question what it's going to do to the exhibitors and, and the crowd um, and, and if it's going to take away from other events and, and that uh, would be unfortunate if it does, um, because I think that th there is a place for multiple events and if, as long as they each have their own unique angle. But I, I think it, it's going to be great and give, give us another reason to attend CEDIA and 
commercial integrator expo now. Well, you bring a good point about, you know, possibly drawing attention. So ISE 2023 is end of January, beginning of February in 23. You've got Infocom run by Avixa, June 10th through the 16th of 2023. And so now you're looking at a third commercial adjacent show in September for exhibitors, for integrators, uh, for people who, you know, again, sometimes getting to one trade show is hard enough to convince yourself that you can break away from business and things will fall apart and clients and everything else. It always tends to be you put a week's worth of work, you know, in front of heading off to a show and then a week's worth of work when you get back from the show. How do you think that will affect shows like ISE uh, and, and Infocom or will it or is it just a opportunity for people who maybe couldn't make either of those? It's definitely going to have some effect for sure. And, and, and I certainly think that regionally it's going to be um, a, a value. So I know that there are some people that go to Infocom when it's closer to them and they may alternate years. Um, in this case, we're talking about the show in Denver and I hear it's going to be there for about five years now. So 10, ten, ten years. years. Wow. Wow. 10 year contract. Wow. Which is a great place to have a show, and we don't we don't get uh, it isn't a repeat, which is nice rather than you know going to the the same cities we've been going to. But but I think when they think it's going to draw more from the west coast and, and maybe the central than it might from the east. Um, so I mean, from my perspective, I, I would plan on going anyway, and it gives me more of a reason to go. But I can see that it might take away from some people's appetite to go to other things. Um, I also like the idea that it's in a different time of year, which can help too for um, the the commercial side. Because there's been a lot of people saying that June isn't the best time of year for them. So, uh, you know, I, I think think there is uh, an opportunity there. But there are also a lot of other trade shows that people choose to go to, whether they're regionally or specialized. So, I mean, it's not the first that's trying to do this. Heather, same thing to you. Again, you, you now that you're finding yourself also in the commercial space as much as the residential space, uh, you know, you, you've got two shows potentially to deal with, you know, are you going to look at that as, Hey, I can possibly speak to everybody in one location, or I feel that I need to separate this out and put my commercial hat over when I'm in Orlando, put my resi hat on when, when I'm going to be in Denver. How, how do you view this as coming from the CDA channel as your starting point? So a few, a few things about that. So I think it will depend on the year and what's going on. So if you had a large project happening, say in June, maybe you could feel a little bit more comfortable about not hitting Infocom, but coming over to CDA. But I think it also depends on what they're going to build upon. Um, some of the conversations I had at the show revolved around more of that lighter commercial space. So it wasn't that full on um, video conferencing, but more of, of that restaurant space, um, some of those lighter pieces of it. So it will just, it will see, we'll see who signs on. The other thing I really want to note is the way that our major brands approach the difference between residential and commercial. So as someone who's been doing this for over 21 years and started out in the residential world and is now 85% plus commercial, there some major brands will not really let you play in both sandboxes. You will be pegged as one or the other, and it is very difficult to get support and or buy from the other. Uh, two examples, uh, one is Crestron. We were Crestron 
on the resi side and now we're crushing on the commercial side you can i could still buy crash on home but my support or it, it's none i mean i could ask a very direct question in about a week or two probably get an answer back but my crash on rep's not going to have any information or know anything about crash on home uh legrand the other day um you know we buy a bunch of stuff from them and uh, we buy mostly chief mounts and the other day we needed some information on stannis for a specific residential job we were told we couldn't get it um because that's more on the resi side now yours truly of course fights back and says that's ridiculous just make it easy to take my money and eventually the, they'll they'll kind of play but these companies these major companies who are the biggest players are not opening up and saying you can do both so i think that if we're gonna have a show that's gonna sell both how is crush truck going to approach that huge booth with both right so what that that would be my questions before i can give any of these answers well and that's going to be interesting and and you know maybe we will have a follow-up conversation with some of the manufacturers because you know we we've, we've had lots of talks with them and they've told us very in a very straightforward you know uh way that you know mounting booze and putting together booze at trade shows is not an inexpensive proposition for them so this right. is now potentially like you just said a, a third option where they have to have a presence and i mean you're talking staff the booth size uh, I know that the Crestron booth focused, which was an interesting focus, was that they did uh, spend a bit more time on the their their new ecosystem than they had in the past. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's almost you know how are you going to deal with a company who does have two identities as a manufacturer, and how are you going to deal with both of them? And do you buy twice as much? I mean, I'm sure Emerald would love to say, yeah, buy twice as much space because these are co-located events, and that was a pretty important thing that I saw in that, which is there's no guarantee that they're going to be in the same proximity in terms of like within walking distance of one another. So that was a kind of a question that I'm sitting there going, okay, well, are you going to Uber over to the other show? Um, so that remains to be seen. Well, I'm going to, obviously we could probably talk about CDF quite a bit, including, you know, the dinners and the fun and everybody else and the people. Uh, but I am going to jump into one other one because it is sort of related to the show and and honestly uh a lot of the long-standing lines that who used to present at cedia so we're gonna go ahead and decide that the company is called nice not nice because their tagline was nice uh people do make nice things so we're gonna stick with nice but nice has announced that it has completed the renaming of nortec control and legacy brands NICE, the global manufacturer of smart home security and building automation solutions, has completed its transition from Nortec Control to NICE North America. As part of this transition, the company is sunsetting Nortec Control as a company name and is absorbing several well-known brands in the channel. These names include 2Gig, Elon, Linear, Speakercraft, Proficient, Furman and Pan Panamax, Geffen, and a couple of others, Numera and Television High Security. These are decades-long names in the industry who are now nice North America. Uh, you know, their, their view was that the newly enlarged and strengthened presence of nice North America further reinforces our commitment to our partners, customers, and the channel, says Eduardo Malfe, president and CEO of Nice North America. Now, hopefully we're going to 
be able to get a chance to chat to Paul Williams, who is over. Paul Williams, a friend of the show, uh, who we've had in many of his other iterations with other companies. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to him. Um, but since we don't have him right now, Heather, you know, what do you think? I mean, are, are you worried about the fact that you're not going to deal with Panamax, the company, and now you're calling nice North America? Is it, is it much about do about nothing at this point in the industry? You know, I, I think we spent, we've watched this happen for years. Anyone like industry related like us is, it's been watching everybody eat everybody else. And there's been jokes that, you know, someday you're going to go to CD and there's really going to be about four booths because everybody will be under an umbrella. I would say they just missed an opportunity. I, I passed the people who had the nice t-shirts on and I walked by the nice booth because I was like, oh, I've never heard of them before. Um, so I did not catch it all until I read this article that all these brands were underneath and I probably would have walked through. I think they could have done a better job at, at throwing that out there. You know, give me a big umbrella with some of those names underneath that I could look up and go, oh, let's walk over there and see what that's all about. Because there is a lot of brand name and understanding in some of those, you know, I got my feet wet with speakercraft systems, the MCC-66s, and, you know, we would, we would do those all day long and they worked forever. So, yeah, I think that it, I don't worry about the main change. I just think they have to do a better a better marketing job at who they are and what they currently entail. So, Steve, you're in a unique position because you do uh, have a lot of relationships with manufacturers. Is this going to affect your relationships with what was formerly the Nortec brand of, of manufacturers? From my perspective, I don't think that it will, I, I, but I agree with what Heather said. It, it was just caused a lot of confusion. It, it almost it took away from the fact that we had these valuable brands that have, put, have, have developed a lot of equity and a lot of name recognition and, and now turned them into something that, that was, it was, they had great marketing, but, but nobody understood what they were, who they were, what they did. And then, and, and honestly, same thing happened to me. I had an appointment with a contact in Elan and we, we show up at the booth or said, Oh, this is the booth. We, we really had no idea that we, and we had been passing this watching the people with the, these shirts and, and all the, this, this, you know, really creative marketing, but really didn't understand who they were. So um, I, I think it's questionable. And, and, um, you know, going back to um, Heather brought up Legrand, they kind of did something interesting and they've always really highlighted the names of the companies that they've acquired and let them stand on their own. That's true, Steve. They do. They, they, I mean, you're, you're still looking at a chief mount and it's still going to be a, a daylight screen and a, so they've kept those brands live and they're not called the grand mounts. I, I that's a, it's a really good point. And Harman did, did something similar. Same yeah. thing. So I, 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 and, but, and those two names were more recognizable in the industry. So the, the nice name just really was it threw everybody off. So I, 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 I hope that they're able to, to, you know, develop some momentum behind it, but they're going to have to do a lot of work to do so. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of silk screening changed on panels and remotes and, and uh, you know, just their silk screen budget. So, uh, you know, again, the, um, you know, one of what I found was a, a positive part of this change was one of the uh, the human acquisitions they've got, which is Paul Williams is uh, going to be the head of product over there. And so, again, we always love having Paul on. So hopefully we'll be able to get some more answers from him in the future on how they see nice moving in in the future. 
Well, I think that is probably the best way for us to wrap this up. Uh, I could sit here forever and talk to you guys, but I know you've got other things to do. So I'm going to kick it off with you, Steve. Steve, if they want to find out more about Control Concepts or if they want to find you, where can our viewers track you down? Well, I'm going to take a page out of your book and say to here at avnation.tv on uh, a state of control where you and I are approaching our hundredth episode. So we're real excited about that. So please check that out, which is the program that highlights the control programming and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. And Heather has been a guest with us before. So uh, please, please check that out. But my company control concepts could be found at controlconcepts.net. And I can be found on uh, social media at Steve Greenblatt on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn are probably where I'm most active. And just one other podcast, just to mention, I've been uh, working with James King on a little bit of a passion project called Ask the Programmer. So if you would check that out, that would be great as well. I will second that. It's a great plug. You and James have some great stuff that comes out of it. Uh, and I'm, I, even if I'm biased, I'm okay with that, you know, so everybody Thanks. check Check Steve out. Uh, I know you're also on AV and the AM a lot. You're a frequent contributor on there as well. So, yeah, uh, it's a, my Sunday morning newspaper. Fantastic, Heather. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take ten seconds and ask you about the S, uh, the UB SB forty six. The oh UB, yeah UB. So the UB forty six was um, you had some the last few years of financials, and we were voted number thirty three of one of the fastest growing companies that is a UB owned or UB led, uh, University of Buffalo led company. So worldwide. So that was like really bananas and really awesome. Our team's been working really hard and we've had a lot of growth. Um, so it was nice to 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 have that event and, and now put that feather in our cap. Well, it was some well-deserved accolades. You've been do, you. making leaps and strides in your business over the years. And I know speaking for all of us who know you, we're super proud of of everything. If they do want to find out more about you or if they want to find out more about Southtown AV, how can they find you? So on Twitter is more my meanderings and talking about the Buffalo Bills. So it's tech underscore chi as in the balance between life and technology. Um, definitely look me up on LinkedIn where I, I share some different projects, but also um, I do some writing on the side. So I just wrote a fun article on the new Ford's electric Mach-E, which was super fun. Um, and, uh, Southtown Audio Video is southtownav.com. There you go. Short and sweet. Well, that's going to wrap up our episode of Resi Week, our Cedia wrap-up special. Um, again, Steve, Heather, thanks for being on. You make it easy. I just get to sit back and watch. So for, uh, AV Nation, this is Uncle Richie, Rich Fregosa for Resi Week. Mm -hmm.